0: Hello Fantasy Faithfuls and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Rabbit Hole podcast. My name is C's the Fantasy and I am flanked by the one and only Nick Faber and the coin master, Matt, Matt other people. He's a better person than me. Last minute Matt Williams. How y'all doing?
1: Last minute, Matt. Ooh, that's a perfect nickname. Pretty I'm good. good. Oh. Pretty good,
2: actually. The uh what was with that echo when the show first show first started? Anyone else hear
0: that? Yeah, it's because Nick can't stay unmuted during the intro, so we can hear. The intro twice. I kept asking, ah.
1: that was me. That was me adding the echo. It's a little bit of a eerie echo to start in. You know what I mean? You never know what the show is gonna have.
0: It's it, It's about sending a message, dun, dun, dun. like or or something like that. When when you you just can't stay unmuted and it's like Carl has way too much power in this show. Let me show him that I'm my own man. Is that what it's about? That's exactly right. Well, the fact,
1: the,
2: yeah. um, the coronavirus fairy came in and stole all of my facial hair. <laughs> is <It looks, laughs> that what happened to it? Yeah, yeah, that's what happened to it. I don't know what
0: the hell It looks on. good, though.
1: It looks
2: good. I like it. It's, I hot, it's hot as hell in here, so my wife's bringing in a fan, if anyone's wondering what that random sound is.
0: A fan is always good. You don't have AC?
2: We No, well, we... Uh, no, and, and where we are right now, we just have like freaking, you know, windowed units because it's an older place. They work good, but I don't have one in my office. And if it's like one of those times where it's kind of hot out, uh, you know, it's one of those in between days. If I keep the door closed in my office, it can get pretty shitty in here. <laughs> this, so this is the only room it's an issue.
0: I mean, if I didn't have AC living in Atlanta, you would you would not survive.
2: Yeah. In, yeah, New Jersey, you can kind of get by. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fre- you go down to the shore, get with some people, talk to Snooky. Situation, all that group.
2: <laughs> as the as, as North Jersey, literally, we there should be two different. There should be two different states, like the Dakotas.
0: Well, you're, isn't you like top, top five in smallest states, and you want to be two in New Jerseys?
2: I don't think we're top five in smallest states.
0: Okay, at least it's like Jersey. Man. I don't
1: you think, think so. You're top five in smallest states.
2: I don't think so. I mean, we're. I mean, all most of the ones in New England are smaller than us.
0: Okay, so would you have like Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New Hampshire, Vermont, Delaware, Delaware, Hawaii, New Jersey.
1: Hawaii is not smaller than New Jersey, is it? Is that true?
0: Okay. I'm, I was just spitballing. Say that it's to, it's easily top seven in smallest. You want to make two? New Let's hear it from the chat. Do you want two? New Jerseys, we because I mean, yeah.
2: because you know what New it Jersey. is is th- there's not a state where there's two vastly different. there probably three vastly different areas because the North Jersey is basically New York. I mean, it, maybe New York City should just be bigger because uh, New York is like actually uh, North Jersey is basically just high population um, and uh, you know there's bigger cities up there like a lot most of the population I want to say like just. 75% of the state is in North Jersey. South Jersey is basically like, you know, farmland. <laughs> it's completely different. It's like more, it's like freaking uh, like Eastern Pennsylvania, yeah, southeastern Pennsylvania, like Lancaster, like uh, without the Amish people, that's what South Jersey is. And then North Jersey, there's beaches, but then, yeah, it's like the really packed beaches with all the freaking super tanned uh, Jersey shore. And then the South, it's more like rich people and families, <laughs> Like that
0: are like I'm
2: not talking rich people like Donald Trump. I'm I'm talking like rich people like you know that the uh, like like moms with giant hats that, that don't want to be touched like that kind of crap. At
1: Pennsylvania though, real quick in regards to the Amish that you had mentioned quickly and breezed over Pennsylvania Dutch who come from the Pennsylvania area. Part of my heritage, right there. Oh,
2: hey, oh. Yingling and uh, and cows, man. Go Pennsylvania.
0: Pennsylvania, uh, that's where the famous iceberg salad comes from. <laughs> all right. What the fuck are we talking about right what now? What the hell
2: is an iceberg? Sa- I mean, I know what an iceberg lettuce. But is there an iceberg salad? Lettuce and salad
0: is the same word in my language. I mix them oh. up sometimes.
2: Gotcha. Iceberg, uh, right. I got to say, that is like the most worthless food item. There's oh, no nutritional value.
1: Water. water and a plant that doesn't have... It's yeah, cr- cr- yeah, it's crunchy
0: it's water. Crunchy. It's fantastic crunch. Say, to it.
1: There is a restaurant in Michigan that does iceberg wedges, and they do a wedge iceberg with bacon, blue cheese, olives, a bunch of
2: – I can't. It's I like green. salad. I hate iceberg because you know what? I only eat the light green lettuce. The dark green, hate it. The white, hate it.
0: I only eat the light green. Like Yeah, but that's the best part, the, no. the, the, light, Ice the light green <laughs>
1: Lettuce is the worst. I'm just saying that at least this place here fancies it up to make it somewhat. Oh, co-
2: yeah, it's like, no one would make this healthy salad better. Cover it with bacon and cheese. And what is that? The cob is that what's what's a cob salad? Is that egg?
1: What's on there? There's a ton of stuff. We have lost every listener that no, no, no. They're still on board. Hey, here. People want to know about cob salad, chef salads.
0: I have no idea what a cob salad is, but a wedge salad is fantastic. It's basically a crunch with blue cheese dressing, and it's, it's fantastic.
1: Delicious. Let's go on. Are we talking about football? Let's talk about. Football. Yeah,
0: we are because we do have a we do have a fantastic show for you here today. But uh, feel free to interrupt at any point in the live chat, as always. If you have any salad questions, try to direct them to another podcast that we have on Thursdays, uh, the Salad Rabbit Hole. Uh, but before we get <laughs> into today's show, that sounds
2: I'm- really fucking weird.
1: Uh, salad oh, hole is a podcast I would listen to. I don't want to listen <laughs> to the,
0: sal- the salad
1: hole. No oh. <laughs> salad hole.
0: <laughs> I don't no. So, Brian Emke here on Periscope have a fantastic comment that I have to highlight. He said, "Auden Tate is better than Cobb salad."
2: <laughs> I, I so, don't, I can't argue against I, it. That's the
0: problem. We're connecting it with uh, the Cobb salad, which is
1: Auden Tate is... better than Randall Cobb.
0: That's how oh. I took
1: it. Now there you go.
0: I is think that's a hot take. Than- now is
2: iceberg better than the ice box from Little
0: Giants? Nobody's better than the ice box. Just don't don't call her Becky. But before we we get into today's show, I would like to to remind you to hit that like button. Please share it on social media uh, to help us get the word out there. Subscribe if you haven't done so. And check out cstfantasy.com for even more content. But now, guys, you know what's happening. We're going to the news. The news. That's that echo again when Nick just can't stay unmuted. Oh, was me. Come on. Damn it, man. <laughs> we only have a couple of news items here, here for y'all today, but one of them is uh, near and dear to my heart, and it's uh, a video that was posted on Twitter by the Atlanta Falcons' own Twitter of Todd Gurley doing leg press with one leg, the bad left knee leg. And they're like, you're still worried? Are we still worried? Because they still haven't had a freaking physical, but he's doing this on social media. Like what's the what, what, what's going on? Are we still worried about the leg or are we just worried that he as a whole has broken down? Matt, what do you think?
2: Um, today's show topic is going to be uh, players that are on the decline. And to spoiler alert, my answer is running backs. Any running back who's had a good year is on the decline. Uh, so, yeah, he's on the decline no matter what. Uh, who knows how much weight? It was probably foam weights. We don't know. It's on social media. I didn't actually see this video. But, um, yeah, there's there's a lot more to be worried about with Todd Gurley than than just him being able to do a, uh, a single rep of, of leg presses. So, yeah, I'm still very worried.
0: Nick, you feel the same?
1: Uh, I mean <laughs> – <laughs> it's just it's a big magnitude like this is very broad to bring up this question are we worried of todd Gurley? are we are we excited about
0: this? okay let me put it this way let me put it this way are you more are you worried about the knee or are you worried uh about him as and his physical abilities as a whole is it still just a knee issue or is it more what's going on with him do you know do you know what i'm trying to say
1: I do know what you're trying to say, and I'll put it in layman's terms. Todd Gurley, he has a – what's his ADP right now? Hold on. Let me look at his ADP. Todd Gurley's ADP sitting at seventh round, eighth pick. Uh, I'll gladly take Todd Gurley in the seventh round, eighth pick in the PPR league. Are you, No, no. I'm not worried about Todd Gurley being – Anything more extravagant than a seventh round, eighth pick?
2: I didn't
0: realize he was going that late. He's, so, been, uh, he's been going up and down between the third and the seventh, uh, depending yeah, on when you're well, here's
2: the thing though the knee, like who cares? Like Darius guys. like we don't care if you can lift if you do a leg press, it has to do right. when you get on the field and you have to make cuts left and right. Comparison? I would you if your leg wasn't strong enough to do leg lifts, you would never be allowed on the field. So, I mean, that's anybody. So, right. yeah, I don't, congratulations. You're doing something that you absolutely is the number beginning step of rehab. Way to go.
1: The comparison <laughs> you're trying to say right now between Darius Geis and Todd Gurley are, are magnitudes of, like, different. Like they, No, like, I'm
2: just saying if, like, I'm just saying there's someone with much more serious knee problems. If he's doing a leg lift, I don't give a crap either. That's kind of what I'm saying.
1: Me neither. The fact of the matter is the video, no, it doesn't give me any worries or any, like, extra hype, but Todd Gurley going – as late as he is, I will gladly get every single share I can of Todd Gurley in this Atlanta offense. Because even with a injured knee and a and a coach that did not want to put him in as much as much as he should have, he still ended up with double digit touchdowns. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I'd
2: love to know what his minimum and maximum pick was. Because yeah, there's no way. Todd Gurley going that late. I mean, there's no. I don't want to draft Todd Gurley, but there's no way I'm picking Philip Lindsay in front of him. And I don't really have a problem I, with Lindsay. I still think he'll be valuable in his own way. But I'm thinking a, Gurley. I'm taking a shot on Gurley before the
1: guys, guys like and behind him, Damian Williams, Kevin Coleman, Sony, Michelle, Raheem Mostert. If if you get to this point, Mostert might be the only only running back that I'm going to argue that might outscore Todd Gurley. Yeah, Gurley all day. I yeah, think I'd rather have are, like,
2: I think I'd rather have like Jonathan Taylor. I'd, I think I, would not that I want him like, uh, but I think like I'd rather take a shot on the rookie than Gurley. That's where I am though. Like I, I agree I, with what you said, but yeah. I also, if I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be probably drafting in this area at all. So, I mean, this is probably an exercise in futility, but if I'm in that area, I'm probably going to take a shot on someone else, but definitely not a lot of the guys going currently in front of them.
1: I disagree, and I would probably take Todd Gurley over pretty much anyone behind him. Uh, Clyde edwards hilaire would be the only running back that I would be interested in as a rookie running back behind him. However, he's going in front of him. So anyone behind him, I'll gladly take Ty Gurley at that point. So to answer – CDP
2: is weird, man. It's weird. The cycle, yeah, a- it
0: hasn't stabilized yet. Wait, what? Hey, r- has r- cause yeah, cause it hasn't stabilized yet. I'd rather take
2: uh, Gurley – than uh, David Johnson, who's going apparently two rounds ahead of him. I'd rather have Gurley.
1: See, that's the big debate, and I I don't know if I – I don't want either. (laughs) my Might have been drafted by
2: now in that point of the draft.
1: In comparison to Todd Gurley in the round that he's in. If you're saying if I have to take David Johnson two rounds earlier, like you just said, no, I don't want David Johnson. But yeah. in the seventh round, I'll gladly yeah. take Todd Gurley. As if, I there,
2: if they were both available in the seventh round, I'd still take Todd Gurley. That's what I'm saying. I don't want either in the fifth, right. uh, but I, I'd rather have Gurley than David in general. He's going
1: two rounds earlier. I'll take neither in the fifth and both in the seventh, please.
0: What about uh, so this other news item that we have on the list? is somebody who's been very vocal in the past but have now changed up completely and is actually turning down interviews. Uh, Baker Mayfield is playing the quiet game, and this gets me. As um, uh, Dandy Marino in the chat says, "Go Browns vibes." I'm I'm getting a little excited. Shut your mouth a little bit, Baker. Just shut a little bit. Odell is in, in the news all the time. I've been talking about how I feel like you're the not news. paying a, The news you you're not paying a premium for the name Odell Beckham anymore. You're paying for production. Instead of just, oh, he's OBJ, so I have to get him in the second round. No, you can get him a little later, fourth, fifth, if you're lucky. Baker Mayfield is a little bit quiet. I'm starting to see a lot of value with with the Browns team as a whole outside of Austin Hooper. Am I the only one who's seeing a lot of value here, Nick? Uh, I don't. I... I... So here's the thing. I
1: definitely did not like the Browns last year with all the like excitement that was with them, all the hype. We, we saw OBJ coming over, and it was just supposed to be the best team in all of football. And it, and it absolutely wasn't. And, that, and it's what we talked about many, many times. However, this year, I don't know if I, I fully believe in it. You have the addition of Austin Hooper, and in my opinion, it's not going to be the biggest – addition to their offensive scheme, it's all on Baker Mayfield. He's a lot quieter. We're not seeing those Hulu commercials. Hey, Jeffrey with a quick quick uh, introduction to himself. Uh, I don't know if I believe in Baker Mayfield, and that's the biggest thing. Even with him being lighter on the media and his Twitter and his social media, I, I'm not going into any kind of Cleveland player except for Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt is going in like the sixth round, I believe. That's still too early for me. I, I can't buy in. I can't buy into OBJ, Jarvis Landry. I don't know how this offense is going to do. Freddie Kitchens may have been the big, the big factor in all of it, and we don't know how uh, the new coaches. But you,
0: go. you, so you're saying you're not even buying into Jarvis Landry, that finished as wide receiver twelve on uh, just terrible passing offense. Baker was just he was his worst in year two. Absolutely. And Landry still finished wide receiver twelve in PPR.
1: Although he didn't That's have a, a hel- he didn't a have a healthy good floor.
2: He didn't have a healthy tight end the whole year, and now he
1: is two. That's yeah. Yeah. gonna affect Landry quite a bit. David Njoku is overrated at that point. Yeah. Well
2: no, but he's there. No, but remember before he got the before he got hurt is uh, his final that that in the midseason, he was actually being utilized a lot more. I'm not saying he'll be a huge deal, but you have he's still alive and Austin Hooper's there. I mean, that's not good news for Jarvis Landry.
1: Real, real quick again what he said about Jarvis Landry. No, I think OBJ actually plays more of a present, you know, plays more of a a role in the Cleveland offense that's going to lighten the Jarvis Landry role. It's also going to kind of keep OBJ where he was maybe a little bit more. I think he plays more of a role, but they don't succeed more, right? Like he has more targets, but he doesn't get too many more yards. He doesn't get too many more touchdowns. Baker Mayfield has shown time and time again, he can't score. Like this isn't a quarterback that puts up for Sam Darnold, puts up more touchdowns per game than Baker Mayfield on a Jets offense that is
0: like no talent
1: (laughs) just way worse like exactly no talent so I I really don't believe in Baker Mayfield I don't know about the new coach the new regime it always takes a year to get like that that kind of rhythm going who who buys in to a quarterback with his first year offensive coordinator head coach Not, not me I don't know it's just I, not the I, I'm By in. the way,
2: fantasy football calculator, just take your sight down for now because this ADP is just a joke. <laughs> I don't need to be looking at it. Julian Edelman, Wait. who's taking who's taking him in front of Odell Beckham Jr. What oh,
0: that's what I'm saying. That what? it's just, what? It's what? just what? all over the place, right Jared
2: now. Stidham to Edelman versus me to Odell Beckham. We're taking Beckham yeah, still with me giving it. it up to him.
1: Let's yeah. add in the five other players around those two players. So you get OBJ and you add in the five players around him, and who that quarterback, and how often he has produced successfully—quarterback touchdowns, yards. How often he has been successful? You add in five other players, and then you take Stidham, who also has no production.
0: But where do you where do you see where do you see Edelman on the Edelman on a soft map?
2: When you're, if you're sitting there in the, the they have him in the eighth round, which is crazy. There's no way he sits there, but you're in the eighth round and you need a wide receiver and Edelman and Beckham are your top choices.
0: You're taking, you're taking, you're taking Edelman? No.
1: No. no, no. (laughs)
0: I'm not, are are anybody here like even remotely eyeing Julian Edelman? I think I'd
1: rather have Darius Slayton than Edelman. Where is the argument? Where the argument is there for Edelman? The argument is there forever. Like just for the fact that –
2: Although Hoyer probably going to start for them, right? Isn't that the rumor that they, yeah. uh, they may uh, they may opt to go with Hoyer?
1: That's why I picked up Hoyer in our uh, dynasty league.
0: To get eight points every week? Awesome.
1: And maybe how you year. Yeah,
0: That's how you win fantasy leagues, eight-point quarterbacks.
1: Then the guy who drafted Stitt who will get zero. And that's all you – you can't – you don't have to be the best, but you just don't have to be the worst, right? That's how fantasy works, right?
0: You're not first no, you class. should be the best. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, The best is – that's kind of key.
1: Watch out for Hoyer to throw four touchdowns a game in Josh McDaniel's offense. And if it's not him, Brian Lewerke. Jared Stidham will be nothing but a afterthought in seven months. I guarantee you.
0: I was listening to a really interesting take from Darren Woodson, a former safety for the Dallas Cowboys, the other day, talking about evaluating players and coaches in relation to who to give credit to. And he was saying maybe we should calm down a little bit outside of Bill Belichick because it hasn't been that good. The players who, like the coaches who have left New England, haven't had that much success, (coughs) Nick. Um. So maybe we should calm down a little bit about that offense and remember that they've had one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, if not the greatest quarterback. Maybe that offense isn't as cool, calm, and collected without Tom Brady behind center. Under center, I I, yeah.
1: I, I can't I can't agree with that for the simple fact that Bill Belichick is probably the the smartest defensive mind in the NFL. Yeah,
0: defensive, but offensive. You can rely on Brady to to be calm and be the brain behind it if you run your defense like a freaking mad scientist to just outsmart everybody but your offense if you can rely on one player to produce the magic, you can go back and look at uh, any sport where it's like oh let, let me have I have the best offensive player on my team let me figure out the defense and let him figure out figure out the offense. That works in other sports as well so why wouldn't it work in football?
1: So I'm not trying to argue that Jarrett Sidham can be Tom Brady or that Matt Castle could be Tom Brady. The the point is that Bill Belichick has the best defensive mind, which by itself makes your offense better. It doesn't matter what by, or- by the way, chat,
2: if everyone's wondering if he came in late, what we're talking about, it's it's cause Nick wants Julian Edelman instead of Odell Beckham no, Jr. I'm <laughs> saying
1: there's an argument to be made for Julian Edelman over OBJ. Because the only person in New England is Nikhil Harry. Who you believe in? Rex Burkhead?
0: I don't believe in anybody on that offense without Tom Brady.
2: I believe if you have someone with no arms throwing you the ball, the ball's never going to get to you.
1: I believe if you have a defense that can hold up to anything and probably the best defense we saw last year returning many of their players, except for the few that the Lions decided to take. Way to go, Lions. Uh they'll be they'll be just fine. I think Man, Burkhead, Edelman, James White,
2: Sony Michelle, Damian Harris, all are all alive and they're going to be very very much used this year.
1: Uh, I am just saying Edelman could easily get 115 targets. OBJ could easily get 75.
0: Your 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 take on that? So I just want to look up right, uh, look up Martin Perdur when he was the uh, the goaltender for the uh, New Jersey Devils and and see if the best offensive players actually did practice against him because they didn't warm up against him.
1: Jimmy Steve or uh, Jimmy Stevens defense for the Devils on, during that time. I, I, no, that's not right. Something Stevens for the Devils. That
0: we we do have a take here from not analytics on this before we move over to the weekly topic and it's uh, for what it's worth. Both Wes Welker and Moss had over one thousand yards in the Castle year. So that that's a point for Nick. So I will I will say that um, with not analytics having that chat, I will say that this ends up being two two, and uh, as we always know, Nick loses a tie. <laughs> so,
1: and I'm also going to give this one away just for the simple fact that Welker and Moss. Are extremely better than Nikhil Harry and Julian Edelman. So, yes, yeah, and, and de- defenses
2: had to actually worry about that team. Where now they can literally be like, "All right, what are we going to do? How about we put all eight eight people instead of in the box? Let's put them on Edelman, and then we're good. <laughs> eight people on Edelman, we're set." Makes you want Nikhil Harry a <laughs> lot more. Yeah, it does. Actually, I I agree with that.
0: But it's fun that we talk about uh, Gurley and Julian Edelman because they bring us into this weekly topic. The weekly topic is players on the decline. Players that are bound for some negative regression. Nick has a lot of movement behind him, and we do appreciate a little bit of activity. So we're all all good with that. These players... could benefit from maybe a little bit or a bit a little bit more activity on their fantasy scoring than we were anticipating. By the way, that
2: My, man that man behind you appeared to have a dog's tail on the way by.
1: The way by,
2: yeah, he went by. We saw him, and then a dog's tail. Does he, he have a dog's
1: tail? Because that dog is right there, Bruno.
0: It's it's a dog man. It's a man dog.
2: It's a man dog like Spaceballs, half man, half dog. It's a mog.
0: And- He's gonna
1: knock over my lights right
0: now. Half bear, half man, half pig. But anyway, uh, players that are declining. I would like to bring up my first player, and uh, Matt alluded to this earlier about running backs. Running back that had a really good all, year, or all running backs. Yes, if, if yeah. they haven't
2: had their career yet, if they haven't had their career year yet, I want them. If they've been good, I don't want them. It's my new right. thing. Alvin and, Kamara,
0: Derrick Henry, go away. Yeah, Aaron yeah. Jones is my guy. Just it, it's all or nothing no with him all the time. Looking at his touchdown rate, it was the third highest of any running back with more than 50 carries. And if we take into account his rushing patterns, he gets a ton of yards up the middle in the A gap. And when he bounces it to the outside, if they have a tight end lined up, Um but not as much running next to the tackles on either side of the field, he's actually quite poor there. Meaning his running style is also boomer. Just as fantasy scoring, So with the success he had in 2019, I expect him to regress heavily back to the mean in 2020, especially with the competition for snaps on the Packers. And since we do have a Packers fan, what do you expect from Aaron Jones in that running backfield next year, Matt?
2: Before the draft, I wasn't as worried about the touchdown regression because they do use him quite a bit in the passing game, especially in the Matt LaFleur offense. Uh, so I would have been fine with it because he's much better than Jamal Williams. Even though I've warmed up, I have used to be really anti-Jamal Williams. I mean, freaking him with all the weird stuff he does in camera. He's, he's a likable dude. Uh, but, yeah, now they bring in Dylan. It's a three-headed monster. They, they're clear that they like him. They're going to use all three. Um, so if you bake in the touchdown regression with the fact that Williams – and Jones are going to be free agents and Dylan possibly is the future. You can make the argument that they're going to run those two into the ground because of it, but they're obviously still going to be using Dylan. Uh, You're not getting the discount needed on Aaron Jones for me to invest. I've seen him go in the first round still in some redraft leagues already. So, yeah, even though I think he's still good um, and, you know, if he was in a backfield with – if it was just him and Jamal, I'd still probably be on board. I can't right now. Um, They're going to be – especially without drafting – um, another wide receiver or bringing in anyone of note to help Devontae Adams out. It's obvious that they're going to be leaning on the running game, both in the passing, you know, running backs, both in the passing and running game. So I think they're all three used and that really hurts Aaron Jones.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely not buying in Aaron Jones. That's for darn sure. Uh, I'll just be quick about it. Aaron Jones is going in the 12th pick in the first round right now. That is nothing to, I, I don't want anything to do with him. I'm not touching him. I will not go with Aaron Jones. Behind him is Delvin Cook. There's multiple running backs that stand behind Aaron Jones right now. Miles Sanders I'd rather have. Leonard Fournette I'd rather have. I'm not buying an Aaron Jones. If Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry, they're going to, at the same pick as Aaron Jones. To me, all of these running backs are over Aaron Jones.
0: Yeah, I don't trust him at all. Like he, You can't score that many touchdowns and not be more of a consistent running back. I, when, I, when I look at rushing trends – I look for consistency across the board. If you're a good runner to the left, to the right, up the middle, if you can run inside the tackles, if you can run inside the guards, if you can bounce it to the outside, if you're, if you're consistent in all these areas and you run, run a fair bit in all these gaps, you're probably going to be a pretty stable fantasy running back. That's what we've seen from Christian McCaffrey on his really good year. You've seen it from Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon, when he's been healthy, these these guys can run in any direction, anywhere, at any time. They're
2: also given the opportunity to do it. I think that is the, I don't think it's necessary that Aaron can't, but it doesn't matter to have that argument because he's never going to be in the game long enough to run enough routes for us to even see it. And I think that's the biggest issue. No matter how you feel about Aaron Jones' ability to get it done, he's never going to get the opportunity. So it doesn't actually matter what you think about that because <laughs> I think that he'll never get an opportunity to even prove it. I think that's the bigger issue. If maybe if he did prove it, we could, he, we could be, you know, I could be proven wrong of how good he is, but I don't think we'll ever, ever have the opportunity to see it.
0: Yeah, and
1: that's the backers, even scarier. If the Packers can't find a second wide receiver that fits along with Aaron Rodgers, we saw that after he couldn't find one early last year, it became Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones yes. is that pass catcher, and he went to him time and time again. And even after an Aaron big, Jones
2: big plays tackle, too, sometimes big plays.
1: Exactly. So even after an Aaron Aaron. Jones drop in the end zone. That should have been a touchdown and was just, just flat out dropped by Aaron Jones. The next play, we saw Aaron Rodgers have enough trust to go back to Aaron Jones for reception for a touchdown. We we like so if if Lazard, if MVS, if uh Funches, if Adams,
0: if Adams know, is on if Adams I, is healthy and on the field, all of that is going to him in my opinion. All of it like you're going to have his red zone targets are going to be off off the charts next year if he's on the field. Yes. By the way, like if Adam anyone, anyone's, so anyone
2: uh, doing like a dynasty league or, or trying to make moves right now, and you're trying to speculate on who that number two is, uh, don't forget that uh, St. Brown, Queenie St. Brown still exists. He's actually was had a, at a good, he, he actually had something decent going before he got injured. So everyone's still banking on MVS. Uh, Br- St. Brown's going to be going for free. If you're just looking for like, if you want to speculate, I would always speculate on the cheaper end. Uh, He's just a name that at the very end of drafts, or if you want to get someone on your dynasty league, that's like literally free. Don't forget he exists because anyone could be the number two player on this team. And I think Aaron Rodgers loves Alan Lazard, uh, but I think St. Brown could end up being the guy too.
0: Nick, who do you have for some uh, negative regression coming in 2020?
1: I don't know. I mean, there's like Matt said, Really, any kind of running back that has done any kind of work, Derrick Henry was a guy I was going to bring up. Matt quickly alluded to him. There's these players that he, I, I think Christian McCaffrey. I think we're going to go draft him one on one. I think it's really risky. If, if you had a if, year, if you
2: had a year that could conceivably be a career year, you're on the decline, right?
0: Yeah, that's, and even not even a career year, but that's like a year of the ages.
2: Yeah, I mean, McCaffrey, probably on his way down. Barkley could probably still have his career year. Dalvin Cook, probably on his way down. Alvin Kamara, still valuable, probably on his way down. Uh, Josh Jacobs, still good. Zeke, on his way down. Derrick Henry, on his way down. Aaron Jones, on his way down. Joe Mixon still still, needs something to prove. Nick Chubb, still something to prove. You know what I mean? I think it's a good rule of thumb because I went through like every running back, and if you think about it that way, I think it's a good way to narrow down who you're going to take. Melvin
1: Gordon, done. Chris Carson, done. Miles Sanders, why is he going so late? God damn it. So here's what I'm trying to say. Running backs have been avoided. Oh, I'm, I'm lagging too. So you can just look at my screen for reason. But the fact of the matter, if you can hear me, it's him right now. running backs have been depleted. Get to the wide receivers and get to the second drafted wide receiver in fantasy football, according to fantasy football calculator, as much as Matt doesn't want to believe this ADP. The second drafted wide receiver is DeAndre Hopkins. He is going to a new team with a new quarterback. As much as everyone wants to believe that he is just amazing, it takes every wide every wide receiver at least a year, especially with no offseason, to get acclimated to your quarterback. You can ask me about OBJ. You can ask me about any wide receiver to go to a brand-new team ever. And there is maybe – the Terrell, Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens being the only Amari yeah. Cooper. Burn. I'll I'm out of here.
2: Good night. Same. I was
1: gonna say Terrell Owens, but I didn't wanna like Terrell Owens is is the option. Other uh, than that, Cooper. If we want to compare, Amari Cooper was successful for about four games and then dreadful the rest of the year. He was not a fantasy option when he went to Dallas from Oakland in that year. He was a fantasy option for three years. Do not give me Amari Cooper. What I'm trying to say is that Fred Owens is the best one. You're right. Other than that, there's nobody. So don't give me Nuke being the second best
0: fantasy wide receiver. Randy Moss. Brandon Marshall. No. Randy Moss goes to – The first season, every team he played with. Uh, Brandon Marshall is pretty good PPR. Man, he was an
2: head case, but, man,
1: he was good. He was good. So we got three. We got three. Now give me every star wide receiver to go to a team and be unsuccessful. Please flood our chat with it because okay, go every time, a million of them. More. Well, not to mention he's
2: going to a team where instead of being the obvious number one. He's – well, he kind of still is. Mm. He literally has so many other v-
1: options. Kyler can throw the ball to so many talented people on that team. There's so many talent. You can go down that line to Keyshawn Johnson. You can go down to Andy Isabella. You can go down – there's so many wide receivers on this team that can be successful. I wish they actually
2: had Keyshawn Johnson. Like, you know, give me the damn ball, Keyshawn Johnson. That would be fantastic.
1: I mean, still they have – By had
2: <laughs> Chad Cinco. Get Terrell Owens. Let's get them all. Let's get them all on the team. Rock and jock football.
1: Nuke being drafted in the seventh pick in the first round is abysmal to me. And anyone who does it, I, I laugh at and I move on. With. <laughs> who do you no, guys have as wanna...
2: wide receiver one, by the way, for this year?
1: MT. Yeah, got to be Michael Thomas. Has We're to. All right, I'm going Michael Thomas all day. I don't, all that's all that stuff out there
2: because there was that, that weird argument like trying to break him down for you know not having a large a dot and and, and and things like that and getting a ton of targets you, you mentioned that you really liked emmanuel Sanders in the last show
1: i do I was, I,
2: I, I'm starting to think I think kamara has a nice bounce back especially in the passing game too yeah I'm not I'm not sure it's michael thomas but I don't actually have an answer uh because uh I could say Devontae devonte adams because of the targets and I actually think that's decent it it almost makes me want to pass on wide, res- I mean, I'll take running back early, like I probably usually do in today's age. But it seems like a terrible year, uh, even Julio Jones, uh, because you know Calvin Ridley I expect to finally try to maybe start taking over a little bit in Atlanta. Tyree Kill is probably okay option there, but like I, I, I'd rather wait at, at wide receiver yeah. one. I think there's question marks there where I think the person who is the wide receiver one could easily come. You know, if it's Kenny Galladay, I know you probably love that as a as a as a possibility, Nick. I, if he ended up being wide receiver one, I wouldn't shock me. I think that instead of there being a clear cut number one and two, I think there would be a really, really tight group at the
0: top between a lot of people. See, I've been touting have... Galladay, and y'all, I've been laughed at by y'all. I've been saying it. I'm
1: coming. I'm coming around, man. Yo, I love me some Kenny G? There's just a lot of a lot of shit to go around. I almost kind of like Marvin Jones a little bit more than Kenny Galladay. Mm. And the value.
2: More? Oh, okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> not to say that he's going to finish better than Galladay. Galladay has a great potential to get your 1,300 yards and be a top eight, seven wide receiver for sure. But I love Marvin Jones. I love Hawkinson this year. I love Amendola, Marvin Hall. There's just a plethora of guys to go around. Um, the the number one wide receiver, you asked the question. I said Michael Thomas. If it's not going to be Michael Thomas and we're trying to go outside of the, the consensus number one, Cooper Cup.
0: Go no, I, not I, even I'll not even him, number one on his yeah, own team. Uh-uh. I no, think Robert Woods, Robert, Robert Woods is found for some real nice. In PPR, you guys are crazy to think
1: Cooper Cup is going to be outscored by Robert Woods, especially with Brandon Cooks not being there. With Brandon Cooks being there, it's kind of a valid argument. I think but Cooks with, leaving but, helps
0: Woods, though, not Cup. Yeah, I think yeah. so, too.
1: What? No, another guys that are going to be battling Cooks deep is going to be down, dealing with Cup down low. Cup is going to be that perfect PPR player. You're playing half PPR, standard. I agree. Woods is I,
0: getting like, I
2: like power. them both, by the way. I don't want to be, like, arguing against Cup. I like
0: them just, Woods is just going much it's, later, too. I just want to yeah. chime I like, I like, in here with with um, with a comment from the chat from Nauta Analytics. I'd, I'd um, rather have
2: Brandon Cooks than both.
0: <laughs> my, and I, I do agree with this one. Michael Thomas' status as number one is much a function of his floor as anything else. And I do agree with that because it is – He's not competing like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. They have Toddler Higby. They have the other tight end that I'm blanking on. They have other people who can catch the ball. Go ahead, Nick. Jail that, Rick. Thank you. Uh, they have other people who can catch the ball. In Atlanta, you have other people who can catch the ball. They just got um, um, Hayden Hurst from Baltimore Ravens. They have Calvin Ridley. They have Julio Jones. They now have Tar Gurley who can catch the ball. So – you, you still know that Julio is going to get his target, but there's still other mouths to field, feed. For DeAndre Hopkins, you have Andy Isabella, you have Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Christian Kirk, uh, potentially Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds. It's going to be players who can steal targets from Nuke. For Devontae Adams and Michael Thomas, I feel like they have less competition. Mm. I'm not that big of a Emmanuel Sanders fan as you are, Nick, and I'm not as big of a Jerry Cook fan as many people are I do think Alvin Kamara is the biggest mouth to feed outside of Michael Thomas, but Thomas has shown that it just doesn't matter. He's just going to demand targets because uh, who cares if you only get eight yards per catch when you're catching 98% of all targets? I'm exaggerating, but you can just march down the field like it's like a running play, but you're passing it to Michael Thomas. Like, you. It was just impossible to stop him, so his floor is just incredibly high. I do think Devontae Adams has bigger playability and a little bit higher upside um, with some positive touchdown regression.
2: It's tough to draft floor that early. I know you want that. I mean, you want certainty. You want to be right. And, Michael, you're not going to be sad drafting Michael Thomas, but would it shock me if a guy drafted in the fourth round, A.J. Brown, ends up being – close enough to michael thomas this year if defenses are actually wise and maybe put an extra body on him no michael thomas is going to be better obviously but like i just i can see the ceiling being low enough where i don't want to make the first round investment i don't have a problem with it if you take them you won't have an issue but basically if you're taking a wide receiver in the first round you're deep shit you need to take running backs in the first round but you may take the wrong running back, so you could be deep shit. So I mean, so you're saying like, you know, I understand taking Michael Thomas. Floor is a wonderful thing to have. It's mm-hmm. just, uh, I don't know. I I like to be, I I like to be, I am risk averse, but I think that feels, I don't know. I don't know if I, I just, I just don't want to, I just
1: don't want to do it. I'm breaking this open to the fo- to the point that Carl made over here. Carl made right here. This guy. I uh, I think Todd Gurley and Hayden Hurst are the two like least respectable people that I want on my team right now. I think Julio Jones is about to have one of the most incredible years along with Calvin Ridley because Hayden Hurst is what a first rounder?
0: I'm, I'm telling you, they love him here. They uh, absolutely right. love him.
1: But that, you're making you're making that point about first year wide receivers Now name a tight end who goes to go a new team and is extremely successful in that first year. Name me a few of them, and then I'll tell you a hundred other tight ends to go to a team and do crappy. I love Hayden Hurst. I think it's a good pick, but the fact of the matter is Todd Gurley could easily be injured by week eight to a point where his arthritis and his knees are just so bad they have to go with Edo Smith. And and
0: who is the Hollison. other? Who's the, Q?
1: Who's the Q guy? I can't
0: Quadre
1: Allison Quadre Allison I can never remember his name but regardless plus the tight end position you have know, who who's backing up Hayden Hurst right now I I, I just third string in Atlanta hey, like hey,
2: speaking is... of someone on the decline uh Austin Hooper his career might be over his Oh career, yeah he's... congratulations on your free agent pickup Cleveland I
0: think he's he's career's over But he got his money. He cashed in though yeah he cashed Cash in like free yeah. take so, me what is it, 45 million
1: Number one wide receiver could uh, easily we- Leo Jones this year,
0: he's Yes, easy. but I want to go back to to the point we started with here that that led down this fantasy rabbit hole. Running backs, and I have I have an exception to the rule that Matt stated earlier, and that's why he's my favorite running back almost every year because he's he's so safe. He's so safe, and I know I'm being a homer. Uh, Z- Z- he's like Z- he just great. keeps producing. You said, oh, if you have a career year, seek out a career year his first year. He would have had a career year, second year, but he was suspended. He had a career year again, 2018 and in 2019. I'm not particularly worried that he's not going to get me 300 plus points next year in PPR. I'm not worried at
2: all. I think here's the issue for me, for him, because I agree with everything you said. Uh, They have three incredible wide receivers. Uh, They're going to take advantage of him. Mike McCarthy, as much as I didn't like him as a Packers fan, it had a lot to do with the personnel that was given to him. The offense got really stale. Aaron Rodgers never had anything like this to throw to. Mike McCarthy now has a lot of toys to play with. Ezekiel Elliott, while I think will be fine, I think there's players taken to the second, third round who have a very good chance to meet up with him. I mean, Miles Sanders is definitely a, a favorite. I I know that you're going to hate this. Nick will love it. Leonard Fournette, I think, is in personnel-wise around him if he's healthy. If he's healthy, just because of the way that Dallas could operate this year with that beautiful new offense, maybe geared towards you know letting Dak off the chain and, and take advantage of all the pass catchers. By the way, he has two tight ends that are very usable as well. Uh, and he has another running back in Tony Pollard where we see how people start to break down. They could try to utilize him a little more. I think Zeke is fine. I think you draft him, you'll be happy. But – I think his career year is behind him. And even though his decline may not be an upsetting decline, I think the decline is already set in. And I think it'll continue to go down from here, whether that's, you know, there's degrees of decline, but I think Zeke's best is behind him.
0: I think having these four years gives me enough security to be like, Oh, he can do it for two more. He can do it for two more. He's that type of, he's almost the Adrian Peterson of his generation where it's just going to keep going for a while. And I'm not, I'm not particularly worried about his fantasy stats. And oh. even with the passing game improving, you still paid Ezekiel Elliott like crazy amounts of money. And I know Jerry wants to win, but he also wants to be right with who he pays.
1: We can list every single running back from he- now until 1999, and you can find maybe four running backs. To be successful five, six
0: years in a row. It's very few of them.
2: Hold on. Didn't we have this exercise? Didn't I name yeah, people that did. had so many good – Zeke was one of the few that had so many years in a row. So, I mean, that was – if anyone wants to go back and find that one. Yeah, having a running back be first first or second round talent, that many – it doesn't happen. It if, does. if Ezekiel Elliott does it, he'll be like a unicorn if he does it this year. I mean, not many people do it.
1: And if you believe, if you believe that Zeke will do it, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm saying that you're, the, you're, you're following the unicorn. You're chasing the white rabbit. As people who've done some stuff know to chase a white rabbit, that's what you're doing right now. You are chasing that Adrian Peterson. You're chasing that player who is going to be extremely successful for six, seven, eight years, and Zeke could be that guy. But I think what Matt alluded to was the perfect reasoning why Zeke right now is not the better answer than Kamara. I think the Cowboys have three elite wide receivers who are going to take so much more uh, of the of the play calling than they did a year ago without three, with Randall Cobb there.
0: I so think- what you're saying is less stacked boxes so Zeke can gain more yards per carry? No, I think that's, the, what I, that's what I'm hearing. I Matt, think the
2: Cowboys are going to be very freaking dangerous because they have so many the,
0: options to
1: kill you with. I think the addition of Tony How or Tony Pollard coming into his second year, as Matt said, is a huge benefactor. is a huge factor. Excuse me, into the Zeke fantasy production. I think Zeke is a successful running back. I think he's a top. Six running back, but I think his his the the years of him getting 320 carries and being the extreme bell cow is is over.
2: Yeah, and remember the important thing to remember here is, as a Packer fan, I know this better than anyone. They don't they don't care about your fantasy team. <laughs> oh, they yeah. do not care. Tony Pollard is there to they paid Zeke a lot of money to help them win football games and to make sure he's healthy is paramount. So especially in the regular season when you have all those pass catchers and Tony Pollard, there's no reason. To necessarily run him into the ground board before, that was probably your best path to victory. Absolutely. Now it's not. It's not now.
1: When you were 13 and three in both of their rookie years, Dak and Zeke, you had Dez, and that was it. You had to have Zeke have 22, 25 carries a game to be that successful because you ran behind that offensive line, which now that offensive line is becoming more depleted by the year. Every single year, and that is what a successful running game is. You can have the best running back in the world, if your offensive line is 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 poop. There's nothing. But you I'm
0: can. saying, for safety wise, he's the he's the only one that I feel really like. One more year, I feel really comfortable if I'm on the clock and. I'm I'm looking at Christian McCaffrey for my top four. I'm looking at Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara. I'm looking at Zeke, and I'm looking at Saquon. Those are the four ones that I've eyeing so far. I haven't really decided on who's going to be one, two, three, four just yet. But if the other three are taken, and I'm fourth, and I'm like, okay, I need a running back, I'm very comfortable in getting Ezekiel Elliott as my fourth guy if the other three end up being high, more highly ranked than him instead of going with... Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, or Michael Thomas. I feel very comfortable if I'm going that running back. First I think you I pick. think you're
2: right there, which is why picking there is going to suck this year. Uh, in the first round, personally, I'd like to end up with. If I'm earlier, I'd like to have. I'd love to have Barkley or Camara. That's who yeah. I want this year. And better yet, I would love to be on the turn. Maybe walk away with Mixon and Sanders together on the turn. Um, those are the four I'm interested in the most as far as who I think is going to value and in going into this year, where I feel kind of the most comfort level of maybe giving the possibility of jumping up to that, like running back one, two range. Now, if I had the number one pick, I am taking Barkley over McCaffrey this year. Seems stupid. Probably is. Um, maybe I'll talk myself out of it, but um, McCaffrey is, a, you know, the way he is built. That's a lot of work that's been put on him and he didn't show any deterioration but it's hard to imagine he can keep up what he did. Just like I said, it, it, it's easy to point and look at what he did and you look at, all right, he had, you know, he hasn't shown any signs of slowing down. There's a new coach. Um, you know, they, they brought in a few other pass, you know, pass catching options there too. Barkley, you know, because of injury, because of team, he doesn't have a whole ton of wear on him yet. I, I think he's your, I think he's your number one, but yeah, if you're picking, like you said, those other guys are gone. I don't think you have a choice. I think, Zeke is the pick there. So I
0: I do agree with you. Yeah, you should feel extremely comfortable picking him compared to somebody we were talking about Fournette. Fournette to me is more sure, we're talking about a a lot of upside, but I'll feel way more comfortable like, oh, Zeke's gonna get me the points versus I might get a little bit more with Fournette. I might get that. That's chasing the dragon for me as well, or chasing the rabbit, whatever you want to call it. Question for you when you're done. That's that Derek Henry pick.
2: Um who one guy you didn't mention which team philosophy wise it would make sense for him to be in this in this picture and he's only really had one run season of being like really put a lot of workload on him but we didn't talk about Dalvin Cook at all is there any believers in here because uh because obviously Thielen is still there who didn't he wasn't quite himself um Stefan Diggs is out of town they look like they were going to lean more and more run heavy it's possible they go two-headed monster too in Minnesota, but what do you think of Dalvin Cook, who, if he's healthy, there's no reason why he couldn't still be in, you know, obviously this conversation uh, who it should probably be taken ahead of the guys we were just even talking about. Like the chances of him, if healthy, I think in that system, uh, outperforming Zeke, for example, are probably high. I don't trust him.
0: <laughs> because, yeah, and that's uh, the –
2: yeah. <laughs> the but I was just what are your guys' takes on Cook? Because if you're sitting there and those other guys what McCaffrey uh, Barkley Camara um are gone and you're you're thinking about Zeke and Cook, that's probably a legitimate problem to to think out. Is anyone are you guys leaning Cook at all or are you just now not on him?
0: Go ahead, Nick.
1: I'll jump in here and bring up a couple different things we've all talked about. So I'll get back to the Delvin Cook. First and foremost, Zeke Elliott again. We're going to the ADP with a fantasy football calculator and a half PPR. He's going eighth pick in the first round. That's way, way better than last year when you had to deal with Kamara, McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke, all in the first four picks. If you can get Zeke in the eighth pick, especially in the fourth running back, that's absolutely fine. I, I do think I would rather have Barkley, Kamara over him and CMC. I think he's nicely snug fit right in in that fourth running back in fantasy football redraft. Um, but if you can get him in the eighth round, if eighth pick, excuse me, not eighth round, eighth pick, like because uh, Adams went and Thomas went and the, the Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes and these quarterbacks are all of a sudden being drafted way earlier than we've ever seen quarterbacks being drafted since Peyton Manning back in 2007. If that all happens, you can get Zeke in the eighth pick. That's great. However, I think the best value of these top running backs is Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook showed us that he can be the number one running back multiple weeks in a row the loss of Stefan Diggs is tough the addition of justin jefferson could be could be decent decent right like it, it could be something it could at least open up that the defenses a little bit more uh you got to look at the defenses in that division they're tough that's six tough games against the like tough running defenses so i i i like delvin cook i think he Is more like in the conversation of do you draft him over Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, not in the question of do you draft him in the top four, maybe over Zeke. Even though he's shown that he could be the number one running back, I think there's a lot of different little parts that play into him being probably the fifth best running back if you like him over Jacobs.
2: I think the question with him is if those guys go, let's say Zeke also went and you're sitting on the clock and Cook's there. I think that's when you're like, do I take Devontae Adams now? Or do I take Cook because there's then there's the running backs who are together. We're on the turn. I think you could probably end up with a running back that you're happy enough with if you go that route. Leonard so Fournette. what would you say? Fournette. Yeah, like like Leonard Fournette. But uh, I think yeah, I think Cook is one of those guys. Either you believe in her, either he's a tremendous value as the fifth running back, yep. or you go Devonte Adams, or if you know you want to go Julio Michael Thomas, you know whatever. That's you. You go wide receiver. There you go. So I think that's when. There's an obvious top five, and or top four, and then you you got then you start it becomes a little just...
0: bit more difficult there. But it, yeah. let's say you you're in the back end of the first round, then yeah. then probably the wide receivers are gone, probably. And let's say that Dalvin Cook is still there, do you pick him over? Because for me, he's the fifth, and then it's a little bit of a drop off to Mixon and Jacobs and that group. So it, it goes to top four, Dalvin Cook, and then the tier two guys. So cook is almost in a tier of his own, but like 1.1, two, like, you know, yeah, two. once you get to pick like eight, I think cook is like a
2: must take.
0: It's yeah. It. I, then
2: think then is. I think he I think he kind of is because I think once the top four running backs are gone and Julio and Devante and Thomas are gone, I think that he is the guy. I'm not, just, I'm not, I don't think, I don't think I can talk myself. Eh, I don't know. I'd love to talk myself into taking Miles Sanders over him. I don't think I can. Um, Josh Jacobs, I don't think I can. I think it's obviously Cook at that point. Um, I think it's obviously Cook at that point.
1: I think he's the obvious fit. I think there's an argument to be made for Chubb. There's an argument to be made for Jacobs, for Henry. All of these guys, like Henry, we we all have these different ideas of why they're not going to be better than Delvin Cook. Henry, it might be because... He has been overused for year in and year out. But Delvin Cook has shown injury problems for year in and year out. It might be Josh Jacobs because he's in John Gruden's offense. I don't know why you don't like Josh Jacobs. I don't know why anyone really wouldn't. He no, is- I
2: love Josh Jacobs. Right. I, I I would love to have him. I, I'd rather be in that spot. And Cook had already gone, and I can just take Jacobs with a big smile That's on That's great. But <laughs> the
1: argument for him over Delvin Cook. And then Nick Chubb, the argument can be made over Delvin Cook. But all in all, ultimately, like I'm, I'm taking Devin Cook, regardless of the injury problems. Give me a Devin Cook. Yeah.
0: Let's see. We we have a few minutes left, and I wanted to run at least one more player by you about uh, some negative regression coming in 2020. And this player, I know I bring up Philip Rivers a lot, and my hate for him, but. Uh, <laughs> Keenan Allen is, in my opinion, about to take a major step back without him in 20, uh, in 2020. I don't see him being a top 15, maybe not even a top 20 uh, wide receiver in PPR with uh, Tyro Taylor or Justin Herbert as his quarterback. Uh, the drop off from Rivers is just too big for Allen to make up uh, for what, like, with his own talent. There aren't many receivers out there that are quarterback proof, in my opinion. Allen is not one of them. He relies on the accuracy of Rivers to rack up yards on a ton of catches. Just, his like receiving patterns aren't big play that he shows that he's like, I'm, I'm a freaking fantastic receiver instead of just racking up based on the accuracy of a quarterback that does a lot of accurate throwing because that's at least something that I do like about Rivers. He is accurate when he throws unless he throws straight to a defender, but at least he's accurate on those two. Do you see any way for Keenan Allen to land in the top 20 with the quarterbacks on his roster this year?
2: See a way? Sure. He's so talented that I think he could do it on his own. Do I think he will? No. (laughs) Uh, Tyrod Taylor, who I think is a tremendous value. I know Nick disagrees with me vehemently. Um, He does have Austin Eckler. He has Hunter Henry. He has outlets down low that he can bail him out of tough situations. I think he'll take full advantage of those. Mike Williams, back injury and all, still alive. So, yeah, I think that where Keenan Allen's going now, even though he's behind guys like T.Y. Hilton and D.K. Metcalf, who I'd rather – I don't know where I'd go in that direction. There's people going way behind him still. I mentioned A.J. Brown before, D.J. Chark, Calvin Ridley, who I would much feel a lot – especially Ridley, I feel a lot safer waiting on. So I'm not going to pull the trigger on Allen. He'd have to fall in a draft for me. So do I see a path? Sure, Um because Taylor can still throw it out there if he if he if he wants to. And he's he's still incredibly talented. I think that his talent will allow him to do that if he's healthy. But too many, too many boxes uh are checked in the negative direction for, for Keenan Allen. So no. No, 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 no.
0: Nope. Nick, are you on the same level on this one?
1: Well, everything Matt said is mute, right? Like everything Matt said, that whole point is just a mute conversation because Iowa Taylor is not going to be starting. For this. Yes, he is. It is absolutely Im- impossible for him to be the starting quarterback for the Los Angeles Chargers come season start because, geez louise, they're trying to make a Super Bowl and your best bet is with Herbert. So, do I think Herbert
2: – Herbert sucks.
1: Oh, no, he doesn't. Herbert In sucks. Senior Bowl MVP, man. Represent. Her- Herbert. You know who else? Is the hardest? sucks. You know who else Yeah, is? the
2: Chargers are not very good.
1: Dak Prescott, he went thirteen and three his rookie year. Um, all I'm saying is, you have Justin Herbert in there, not Tyrod Taylor, not Tul. I don't
2: want to hear about Ice Sherbert. I don't know. No,
1: Herbert is going to make Keenan Allen a top forty 30. receiver. Top forty?
0: Oh, okay, I, I can buy that. And that's
1: all he's going to be. No, Keenan Allen's not going to be successful without Philip Rivers. Keenan Allen is a target machine who relies on an older quarterback to just, like, put him into Keenan Allen. He's not going to go deep. Mike Williams is going to be more successful because Herbert is going to be able to air it out more. You're going to see more of, like, a Josh Allen, uh, you know, and this is just relevant to me, but Matthew Stafford in his rookie year, just air that brother out. He's going to let the rock go. It's going to be very successful. It's not going to be this 9-7, and seven, no interception, 16 touchdowns, and three interception season from Tyrod Taylor. It's not going to be that. It's going to be Justin Herbert playing his rookie year and leading it. They, he is your franchise quarterback. You do not draft him sixth overall to bench him unless you're Hugh freaking Jackson who will draft the dude first overall and bench him for Tyrod Taylor. Hold on, what can we bet right now? Friendly what? bet. The chances yeah. of him
2: starting on uh, opening day are literally 1%. If yeah, what do If Tyrod bet? Taylor is healthy, I literally want to call it almost 0, but I will say 1%. What do you want to bet? There's got to be something here. Like we don't have to do it now, we got to think of something. Can can we get Nick in like a Packers cap or something? Well, that would require him to buy a Packers cap, and that just seems like what's he gonna do with it
0: after that? Burn That's it. the punishment. Burn it. That seems wrong. Not wrong. It's not wrong.
2: Well, we'll come up, we'll come up with like uh you ever see trading places? One dollar. Like, you know, I mean, we need to I there's there's no way Herbert is starting over Taylor come week one, no way. And Taylor, I think, will do fine for a team that is gonna try to compete, to but he's gonna have to play horribly. Because we have
0: not, not analytics leave. wants to get in on the bet too. That's how unlikely this is that we have people in the chat who wants to bet against Nick.
1: Good, let's go. I'll take Herbert also for a dollar. I'll one take
2: one buck. You're gonna have to ship a dollar out to like everybody.
1: Which, by the way, I'm pretty sure you guys don't believe Tua's is gonna start with Fitz in the freaking first week. You guys are crazy. You are high, Archibald, and you think we're still in the 2000s? Like, eight league? Like, what are we doing, boys? You know you draft a quarterback this early to start him unless you have a playoff quarterback. Hey, did they trade up for Tua?
2: No. Oh, they didn't trade up for Tua. If they traded up for him, I'd agree with you. They kind of, they still fall into their lap. They didn't want him enough. They didn't want him enough to trade up for him, though.
1: You want to add another dollar? Let's add another dollar. One more dollar,
2: week one. Ryan Garrett, Garrett,
0: you Heard of Gary golf
2: I love when I'm going to have these two one dollar bills. I'm going to have them framed behind me. My and when they st- when those guys come in week two, this, the dollars are still going to be hung up forever. I'm putting those flags things- fly hey, forever.
1: Wait, right on my lions. This is what I'm doing. <laughs> <You just have laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm going to have.
2: Yeah. I'm going to have a dollar bill just floating in a circle behind me, and it's going to be the dollar you send
1: me. Tyrod Taylor is not going to start week one. It's crazy. There's more
2: of a chance of Ryan Fitzpatrick starting week one for the Chargers than there is for Herbert. <laughs>
0: I don't know how that would happen. No, but I, 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 I agree. Ryan Fitzpatrick starts. But guys, you know who starts in week one?
2: This show starts
0: week one. As always, we start every week. We're here at 8 830 live and you can also catch us on uh that
2: doesn't make any sense
0: anchor <laughs> it never does mission, but you know, but we'll- i'm high on life you can catch us on anchor apple podcast google podcast spotify anywhere we you get your podcast you can catch us on youtube at cstfantasy.com uh, and i want to thank everybody for joining me here today in the chat matt williams nick faber is always super super fun to have both y'all on the show <laughs> every week and just go crazy with fantasy and Blueberry talk ahead of the show. Uh, Let's see if we can uh, do some more of that. But check out csdfantasy.com for even more fantasy content. Go to the YouTube channel and check out the Melvin Gordon video coming out this week. But signing off for the Fantasy Rabbit Hole is Nick Faber, Matt Williams, and CSD Fantasy. Till next time.